Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast series from Living Hope Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas. Today we continue our series on the hope that is in you, reading from the first letter of Peter, beginning in chapter 4, verses 1 through 19. Our gospel reading is Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. Thanks for listening. God bless you. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5. Glory to you, O Lord. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. We are continuing our series on the hope that is in you, this letter of 1 Peter. And we've got one more week, but today we're going to get into chapter 4. So grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and our risen Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Friday night is movie night at our house. And uh, we try not to have the TV on all week. So Friday night is the night that they get to pick a movie. And uh, kids take take turns picking what they'd like to watch and this week it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, no, it's all right, it's all right. Uh, it has to be something family-friendly, at least, PG-13. Right? Uh, and everyone cuddles up on the couch together. And after a busy week, it's just how we come together and connect before another busy weekend. But when one gets to choose, not everyone is satisfied. Not everyone is thrilled. There sometimes is weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Uh, As parents, we are often required to intervene in disputes between siblings, to redirect behavior, and to be the enforcers of discipline. Anybody know what that's like? A little bit, yeah. Kate's nodding his head. Well, with four kids at home, that's what we got to do. It's a lot to handle sometimes. And our job is to do our best, to teach them how to care for each other, our neighbors, And the world around them, that's the beginning of it, I guess. But it's quite a mission, and they're not perfect, and neither am I. Their mother, on the other hand. (laughs) Perfect. But we all make mistakes, don't we? We try to learn from them and to do better, and I, I think that's about all we can ask most times. To hear Jesus' words then about being perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect, is is hard to understand. I wish I could be perfect. I try and fail often. Um, I think we all do. And maybe that's been one thing that has turned so many people off from religion altogether, and, and Christianity specifically, to see how we sometimes treat each other, our neighbors and those we might call strangers, and loving enemies. Oh, I don't think we've even gotten to that one yet. That's a tough one. Anyone achieved a perfect score on that? No? I didn't think so. But if our spiritual lives are just about abiding by a new set of rules, 
and church becomes the place where we learn behavior modification, our joy will be hard to sustain. Where's the love in that? When we come together to worship, to hear God's story of love for our world, to sing of Jesus' mercy and grace, to pray for one another in the whole creation, we are being formed and transformed. Yes, we used to act differently. I did. Maybe you used to think differently or believe other ideas about who you were, about what matters in your life, even reasons for living. That can change over time. When we heard the good news of Jesus proclaimed over our lives, when we were welcomed to baptism and joined to Christ, we were made new. And every week when we come back here, when we come to this table together, that transformational process is happening. And as we go out from this place and serve together, we keep on being transformed by God's grace. Perfect? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe at the end, at the, at the very, very end, maybe. You were changed then and now. Jesus calls us out of the world to be for the world, to be perfect, not in every action, though we can try and fail as much as we need to, but to be perfect in love. Man, sounds good, but how do we get there? Well, practice makes perfect, I think. Maybe, maybe. It's worth the attempt anyway. And the churchy word for this is discipleship. Discipleship. That's how people talk out in the real world, right? Maybe we need a better word for that. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. Well, it's about creating and living into the patterns and practices that keep us steady in an unsteady world, that open us up to what God is doing in us and through us, that turn our hearts from ourselves and back to Jesus and to the ones that he loves. When we were at the beach earlier this month, we went down to San Diego and a uh, beautiful, beautiful trip. The kids and I, okay, mostly I, dug a big hole a few feet from the edge of the water. And each handful of dirt that I removed left a growing pit in the earth, right, there on the beach. And within the hour, as the tide edged closer and closer, the waves would come closer and closer to my construction project. And eventually, as my hole reached a depth enough for a near teenager to fit in, the ocean came and erased it all, filling my giant crater with the freshest sand from the bottom of the sea. What was empty was made whole again. Peter's first letter to the early church begins this section with Christ crucified, a great place to start. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh. And the letter flows out from there, beginning with an understanding of what Christ has done for us. The author encourages this community to know who they are. A beloved people. A people filled and forgiven. Called out from what is considered typical, made for more for the sake of sharing good news. The faithful are to live differently, not imitating the immorality of the world around them, but focused on loving one another. And this sense of urgency that you hear was real. The idea that Jesus was coming back soon was common. So you better look busy. 
It was prominent in Paul's earliest writings. So we shouldn't be surprised to find this as an underlying belief. And we might take it today as another way to say, life is short. We never know how much time we have together, so we ought to love one another as much as we can. Why do we waste time on the fighting and the bickering and the complaining? Time is precious. So what should we do with our time? Eat and drink, party like it's Y2K. That was my Y2K. Use up every resource on earth and run up our credit cards because we'll be caught up in that holy tractor beam any day now. You never know, but I find it highly unlikely. But now, just like back then, we need to know what we are supposed to be about. We forget, we get distracted. It's just our human nature. We get caught up in our patterns and habits that are not always helpful for us. So we need a reminder about what our lives can be, about what Jesus is calling us to so that we may be more aligned with the teaching of our Lord. So what do we do? What is this practice that we're supposed to be about? We read scripture. We gather to worship. We come together for the Lord's Supper. We give as we are able. We spend time in fellowship building faithful relationships, and we serve together. Stewards of God's manifold grace. Being a steward means taking what you have been giving and taking care of it, watching over it. And God gives us an unlimited amount of grace, amazing grace, right? We're supposed to take that, take care of it, not hoard it, not say, I got it, you don't. We're supposed to spread it everywhere, put that on everything. Use that grace, care for it, and take care of it. This is the focus that this chapter of this letter calls the people to. Loving service and being hospitable. Hospitality. Oh, anybody here involved with hospitality in this church? Yeah? Yeah? What, what does that look like? It means you, you bring snacks. Something for, for somebody to nibble on. Something good. Something tasty. You, you gather people for events, for potlucks and fellowship time together bringing joy and togetherness. That's hospitality. But this word in the Greek is is even more than that. Loving service and hospitality. It's a Greek word that that means something a little different. This word for hospitality in Greek is philozenos. Philozenos. It's instruction to care for one another as you would a, a stranger. Philo, you hear that word, love. Xeno, like the opposite of xenophobia, stranger love. This is to welcome people in and to love them as one would provide hospitality for a stranger. Service and hospitality. Above all, main constant love for one another. Constant love all the time. You don't get to take a break. No timeouts from loving one another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. All those times we mess up. If I hurt you, Helen, you know I love you. And I know that we can get back on track because of that love that we share. Of that deep relationship that we've built over time. Not in one day, over time. Didn't take long, but you know. (laughs) Maintaining constant love for one another allows us to move forward in fellowship and discipleship with one another. And more than anything, we are to be focused on love for one another. Because our communities get torn apart when we fail at this. When we fail to love each other. When we turn on each other. 
We're so offended by one another's faults that we just give up. We can no longer be in the same place at the same time. We avoid each other. Where's the love? Yes, we know we will never get it all right. We mess up. But if we truly love one another and we are actively loving one another through serving, through listening, through trusting and helping, we'll be on the right track. Because that love is not, it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's something we are to be doing, right? It keeps us busy loving each other. And when we're offended, we can forgive. When we fall short, we can admit it. When we know someone is in need, we can help. That's what the body of Christ is for. That's what the body of Christ does. That's how we build up the kingdom, not by being spiritual superheroes, masters of Christianity, but by humbling ourselves, by lovingly serving one another. I got to see this kind of love in action this week. As over 15 adults and, and lots more youth gave of their time to show up and teach our kids, to have fun, to share the good news of Jesus and God's monumental love. That's what we're about. I see it when folks gather outside before our senior meal program. They come and eat. They form friendships. They share what they have. And we get to serve them in so many ways. I see it when neighbors fill and distribute sandbags after a storm here and all over this country. And we get to serve together. And I see it when people bring peanut butter and groceries for folks in need. We brought all this peanut butter this week for Lutheran Social Services. And people give graciously and sacrificially, monumentally, so that others can start the school year on the right track and have what they need to be sustained. This call to loving service is always with us. Just like God is always with us. Awesome God! You guys see, you're all learning now. It's radical. It's a radical love, this stranger love that welcomes those who are strange, who are of different tribes and nations, that they would be one with us. And they would have been ones in the ancient world, maybe that did not have a place at the table, non-citizens, those without rights or access, those on the margins of society. And yet all the people were called to great hospitality. Jews and non-Jews alike, to show stranger love is a, is a fundamental biblical value. So these early Christians are directed to love and serve like that, to love and serve each other as they would those who had come to visit, as a new person to town, to show that same hospitality and grace to one another. But it didn't require a great fortune to do so. We hear it. Use whatever gift you have been given whatever each has received. And haven't we been gifted to serve in so many ways? Some in this community serve with music, with voices that call to mind the heavenly choir. And this week we commemorated Johann Sebastian Bach too, so you got to hear a little Bach in our prelude, didn't you? I think you get some almost every week. That's okay. We like it. It's great. Others care for our church property humbly without complaint. Others focus on community outreach forming partnerships in our neighborhood. Some donate supplies for babies and students and families in need. Others have gifts of visual art, flower arrangement, decorating, planning events, teaching youth and children. These are just some of the ways we serve, but all of us get to share in the hope that is in us when we use our gifts. We share our stories of faith and promises of God's love in Jesus. 
this is how we get to be perfect in love. And we know that our acts of kindness don't fill those holes that we dig in our lives and the lives of others. Our good deeds don't erase our failures, but that moving forward in love helps us, feeds us, builds us together. This word comes from Proverbs 10.12, and 1 Peter is kind of just rephrasing it, but it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Our love is not perfect, no matter how hard we try. But thankfully, the love of God in Jesus is all we need to cover our sins and our selfishness. Since, therefore, Christ suffered in the flesh, died for us, rose again, and sent us the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to put our trust in him. Since Jesus took our failures and imperfections to the cross, We are freed for this radical neighbor love, this radical stranger love, this countercultural, amazing and powerful love. We are set free to forgive, set free from our selfish ways to show hospitality, to welcome strangers, to love enemies, to forgive with all our hearts and to form faith-filled communities and share God's perfect love with others. And Jesus is enough to cover not just a multitude of sins, but all our sin, so we might live in the newness of life he brings, that we could worship and praise him and be sent to share the blessings of this love in this community and everywhere we go. This love and liberty gets shared with others because we all have been made perfect in God's love. Amen.